Well, again, good morning, church. I know, I've already told you good morning. It's a great day. It's a great day, not just because it's another day that we get to, to serve God, to gather together, to worship, the, a day that's a gift from the Lord. But this is also one of those days that I believe is going to be a big day in the life of our church. Now, stop me if you've ever heard a pastor say that before. Like, I don't know, maybe almost every week, right? It's going to be the best. You don't want to miss it. But I promise you, today, this one, this one for real is, is a big day. It's a big day in the life of our church for three reasons. Uh, number one, today we are going to kick off uh, something that, that has been in the works for at least two years. We are going to begin our partnership with the Church of the Nazarene in Rio Bamba, Ecuador. La Iglesia del Nazareno in Rio Bamba. This is actually Rio Bamba that you can see. Uh, and if you, if you were in before the service started, you saw the, the, the green hills. That was also outside of Rio Bamba. Uh, we are going to begin a partnership with, with the church there as they seek to share the love of Jesus with, with their community, with their area. We're going to support them financially. We're going to support them in prayer. And we're going to hopefully also send people, send us, all of us, if, if you're interested in a mission trip to Rio Bamba. And as we are working with the church there in Rio Bamba, one of the, the goals, the desires is that, that we would help see children released from poverty in Jesus' name. If we look throughout the Gospels, you'll find so often that, that one of the, the amazing parts of the grace of God, the amazing ministry of Jesus, is that for those segments of society that, that, that the world likes to just kind of brush off to the side or maybe forget about, Jesus welcomes with open arms, doesn't he? He welcomes the orphan, the widow. He welcomes the down and out. He welcomes the hungry. And, and we find in Matthew 25, 40, Jesus say these words. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so we want to be a church that, that is for growing deep, for growing wide, for the next generation, and for unleashing compassion. And that's what today is all about. So the first big thing today is the, the launch of our partnership with the Church of the Nazarene in Rio Bamba, Ecuador. The second big exciting thing today is that we're also partnering with Compassion International. They, they are the ones who are going to help us as we partner with the church there to, to see the kids released from poverty in Jesus' name. Why Compassion? They are great at what they do, probably the best at what they do. They do an amazing job of not just, not just helping kids in, in difficult situations with, with very, very real needs, but they also help them spiritually. They point them to Jesus. Over 125,000 kids in the last year were, were made a faith decision, a first-time decision to follow Jesus. In the middle of a COVID year, they are still seeing the, the fruit of, of the ministry that they are about. And, and what I love about that is that it's not just getting, the, getting kids to say a prayer and then waving goodbye. They are, they are working alongside these kids, helping them grow, helping them, them learn education opportunities, food, uh, mentoring, all kinds of wonderful things in the program. Now, I will tell you, some of us, some of us are born skeptics, aren't we? Are there any other geriatric millennials in the house? That is my generation. Thank you very much. I'm the oldest millennial you will probably ever meet. Uh, not just millennials, though, Gen X, and sometimes everybody. We get a little skeptical of things, right, of organizations. You've seen the 2020 episodes and things like that with the, the, the charities that you thought were doing this, and then you found out they maybe weren't. 
If you are a skeptic, that is okay. I want to encourage you to, to research. Do some research on Compassion International. Uh, one of the places that I found helpful for me in, in my skepticism is on their website, you will find their annual report, and you'll see exactly a breakdown of where the funds go and how they, they do the programs that they do. So do some research, and I believe you will find an a, 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 a organization, a group of people that desire to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. Last weekend, the pastors and their spouses were on a retreat for the Kansas district. We go every year, we go with our, our spouses to Westcliff, Colorado. And our speaker at the retreat was Dr. Gustavo Crocker. And Dr. Crocker is one of our general superintendents for the Church of the Nazarene. That's basically just the highest level of leadership within our global denomination. And while we were talking to Dr. Crocker, we were telling him about our, our project with Rio Bamba and with Compassion. And we learned that he actually worked for Compassion for a season, and he was so excited about this partnership. He said, what you are doing with Rio Bamba and Compassion is the ideal way to make an impact. And the impact is huge. If, if, if you go back a slide there, you'll see some of the things that Compassion provides these kids, the food, the education programs, all the different opportunities that they have, all in Jesus' name. And today, Pastor Kent really wanted to be here, but he is not able to be here. He is one of those people who loves to talk about Compassion International. Back in 2008, Pastor Kent and Heather, his wife, sponsored their first child, Samuel. He's from Africa. He is eight, was eight years old at the time. And then since then, they've sponsored two more children, two girls that are about the same age as their daughters, Reagan and Riley. And they have story after story about how they can see the hand of God at work in the lives of these now teenagers. This last June, Samuel wrote them a letter, and in the letter he wrote this. He said, may God bless you and your family, for you do not get tired of taking care of me. My prayer is that even if we shall not shake our hands on earth, we will shake our hands in heaven next to the glory of the Father. I also pray that God guides you in your ministry throughout your stay on earth, and he saves the lost souls. So today we're going to partnership, we're launching our partnership with the Church of the Nazarene in Rio Bamba, Ecuador. Today we're launching our partnership with Compassion International. And today as we do this, we get to hear from somebody who actually went through the Compassion program, a Compassion alum. And, and it's not a video. This is in person. We get to hear from someone who has walked through what it's like to live in poverty and what it's like to go through the different programs that Compassion offers. So would you please give a warm Hutch First Naz welcome to Owen Gatanga. Good morning, Owen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I have no idea whose water that is. Oh. So if it's yours, go for it. But if not, I have no idea why it's here. So I'm going to ask Owen a few questions as, as we learn about his story. And I'm just going to get out of the way and let you hear from him. So, Owen, I want you to tell us what was your life like growing up in Kenya, uh, which I didn't say Owen grew up in Kenya. Now you know. Growing up in Kenya before Compassion. Yeah. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Uh, so I grew up in Nairobi, Kenya. And, uh, you know, just like every other kid, I had, a, I had a dream. 
uh, though my dream was a little bit different, I never really dreamt about becoming a lawyer or a doctor or a pilot or the typical uh, dreams. My dream was different. It was different because I always wanted to become an accountant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's different, and uh, it never changed. But unfortunately, I found out pretty quickly that that would never happen. It would never happen because of the family that I was born in. And uh, I was born in a family of three boys, and my mom, I was a baby. And uh, she never went to school. And uh, she would bring in about 5 to $10 a month. 5 to $10 a month to be able to support three kids, that was impossible. And so I grew up in what you would call abject poverty. I woke up in the morning and I had no idea when the next plate of food would come from. Sometimes it would go for days without having food to eat. And uh, if you've ever gone for more than a day without having food to eat, you would do absolutely anything just to get food in your stomach. And really that's what pushed me to going and knocking on people's doors begging for food. But I had knocked on these people's doors countless times and they were tired of seeing my face over and over again. So a lot of times when they opened the door again and saw my face, they shut the door on my face. And the few times they let me in, they, they made the points to humiliate me and my mom just because she wouldn't be able to provide us with food. I mean, that was hard to take. But I had, you know, I had to sit there and take it because I needed the food to survive. We never had access to clean water, no taps, and the source of water that we had originated in a slaughterhouse, and you can imagine all that waste going into the river, and that's the same water that we would cook, you know, drink from and cook with. Uh, growing up, I think one of the things, worst things about growing up in poverty was that every time we got sick, my mom would tell us that just hope that you're going to be fine because I do not have the money to take you to hospital. And back in those days, if you showed up in a hospital, the first question they would ask you is if you had the money or an insurance. And if you didn't, they would not take you in. And, uh, and so really growing up, it was if we ever got sick, my mom would tell us, go to bed, and hopefully when you wake up in the morning, you're going to be fine. And she shared with me this story that I was born in a year that there was one of the largest measles outbreak in Kenya that ended up taking the lives of so many kids. And I had measles. And just like she always did, she couldn't take me to hospital. So she told me that she held me that night. And as the day progressed into night, she told me she didn't think I would make it through the end of the night. But by the grace of God, I did. I mean, I can't imagine what was going on in my mom's mind, seeing my life fade away and knowing there's nothing that she could do about it. But you know, by the grace of God, I survived, just like so many other times in my life. And, and poverty is bad. I would never wish poverty on anybody. But for me, the absolute worst thing about poverty wasn't just that I would go for days without having food to eat. It was the things that people told me. 
straight in their eyes because they told me I am worthless. They told me I would never amount to anything. This is how they wrote my story, that I was born poor and I was going to live poor and I was going to die poor. And that was the end of my story. You know, and we love to ask kids this question, what do you want to be when you grow up? They ask me the same question, and I say it with a smile in my face, that I want to be an accountant. But it's what they told me that wiped the smile out of my face. And the little hope that I still had, they crashed it. Because they told me, don't waste your time dreaming, because none of your dreams will ever come true. Kind of words that sink your soul, break your heart. But unfortunately, this became like a broken record. And so I started to believe them because I was stuck in this, I was stuck in this cycle of poverty in my whole family that no one seemed to break out of. And to think that the littlest of them all was the one who was going to break out of it, I gave in. I gave up. So then at some point, you uh, were sponsored by Compassion, and, and you, you entered into that program. So how did that come about? And then what was your life like within that program? Yeah. And... Uh, I was about eight years old, and my mom told me to get ready because we were going to this church that they had sent out an, an announcement in the whole community that they were registering kids. And so, you know, so this church actually helps kids, and which is really how Compassion works. Is Compassion doesn't have banners in those countries that say Compassion. They have that church, like the church in Rio Bama, it's just, you know, the church, Nazarene church. And so we're going into this church because we know this church helps kids, which is a really beautiful thing because compassion gave me a totally different view and perspective about church. Church was a place that I felt safe the most. I was loved on the most. So we end up in this church and Compassion has to do an audit to make sure that the child actually, you know, does really need the help. And uh, in my case, my resume and my resume, it didn't take very much convincing that we did need the help. And so I got sponsored through Compassion and they took a picture of me. And funny story is when I took my Compassion picture, that was one of the first times I've ever taken a picture. And one of our friends played a trick on us and told us that, the camera flash is really painful. <laughs> and so I kept waiting for that pain that never came. And then we laughed about it afterwards. And so my first picture, I was probably terrified, waiting for the pain from the flash. But they took a picture of me and printed a packet just like this, and they sent it to America. And you know, a guy saw my picture on a packet and said, I'm going to sponsor this kid. So I got sponsored through Compassion. I started receiving letters. And, and, you know, for me, one of the first letters that I received had the words, 
I love you. The first time I had ever heard those words was in a letter. And it just blew my mind. I mean, what are the odds that someone in America would reach out to this boy in Nairobi, Kenya, and write them a letter to tell them for the first time in their lives, I love you. I just, it, it, it just it blew my mind because I didn't think I was lovable. But this guy seemed to think I was. And then he, he went on to talk about Jesus. And, and really this is a story of compassion. Is from the first time I stepped foot into that church, these people would not shut up talking about Jesus. It's at the heart of what compassion does is, is, is Jesus. These people are consistent about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Reading scripture, memorizing scripture, meditating on scripture, praise and worship. And I mean, from coming from a background where I had no idea who Christ was to this church, it was a lot. A lot of good news that I wasn't used to receiving about this God and the hope and the future that he has for me. About this God and how mighty he is. It was, it, was, it was good, a lot of good news. But then I would go back home to the same hopelessness and desperation and the people who looked at me and thought absolutely nothing about me. And so I, I kind of started a fight, you know, I started to have these two different voices in my mind. One of the first thoughts that came into my mind is maybe if I go to the church and accept the Jesus, maybe they'll kind of tone it down talking about Jesus. That way I'm, I'm, I'm a bit at peace. So I went to the church and I've said, I've come to accept you, Jesus. Because I thought maybe that would bring me peace. That way there's not too many voices in my head. A, I was very wrong. These people did not turn it down talking about Jesus. In fact, I think they cranked it up talking about Jesus. But I got myself into a situation that I did not know what I got myself into. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that was the best decision I ever made as a kid was to accept Christ. That was the best gift that compassion ever gave to me, was the gift of Jesus Christ. Because the truth is, is when I accepted him and I wrestled with the fact and I realized that I had nothing to give, I had nothing to lose, so I decided to become intentional in my relationship with Christ, was when I started to seek the truth and the truth started to set me free. I was blind, but the scales in my eyes started to fall out. See, when I knew Christ and I began a relationship with him, is a minute I was set free. And I was free indeed. I did not know this, but I know this now, that Poverty left my life the day Christ came into my life. 
I did not know then, but I know now that that was the difference that I needed. Because my whole childhood, I had tried to fight poverty by my own strength, and I lost terribly every time until I started to fight poverty with Jesus, and poverty did not stand a chance. Because I got a hope that was way stronger than Jesus. That if compassion had just given me Jesus and told me to go my way, I would have been just fine. Because then the words of the people became just words. They would go in one ear, go out the other. Because for every word they told me, when they would tell me I'm worthless, oh, I would go back to the scripture. And the Bible would tell me that I am his workmanship, his work of art. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises a standard above it. I didn't, I didn't know then that really all I needed was Jesus. Because Jesus started to work from the inside out. He started to set me free of all the shackles in my mind and in the spirit. I started to be released from poverty from the inside out. And compassion didn't stop there. They gave me food and clean water, took me to hospital every time I got sick. Compassion gave me a skill. So one of the things that compassion is very passionate about is equipping all these kids with different skills that they can use to, as an income generating activity. They took me to school. I was the first person in my whole family to go past high school. And I went on to college and I did my bachelor's degree in guess what? Accounting. <laughs> um, and I got, I got my master's degree in, uh, in North Dakota State in accounting sat for my CPA license, and I'm a CPA in America, and I'm an accountant! <laughs> yeah. The one thing they told me not to waste my time dreaming is the one thing that I am today, because someone decided to take a chance in my life, and I got to go to this church, and my life was changed, and I'm standing here today representing what compassion does. I have been released from poverty in Jesus' name. The power of that, that, that what you were released from, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking you, you were about eight years old when, when you were sponsored. My, my, my youngest son is eight years old. And uh, you live in Colorado Springs now? It's hard for me to imagine my eight-year-old son in the poverty that you described. Like, how do we, how do we, how can we get a better understanding of what that world is like? Because it seems so foreign to us here. Put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, it's, poverty is, it's, it's, it's like you're in this debilitating disease or, it just you're helpless and you know it you know there's no help for you you just you become you become just like a passerby 
no help, you can change your situation. You know, poverty is relentless. It breaks you down to the point you have nothing to do but give up. Because if you have hope, poverty breaks that hope down until you get to the point you're hopeless. And so, for me as a child, it's, it's that wrestling with the fact that I'm, I'm a child who's supposed to have dreams and, and, I, and, I'm, and I realize that I'm, I, I am into this situation that I can't change, I can't dream, I can't do nothing, but I just have to sit down there and suffer. It was... Poverty sucks life out of you, hope out of you. You're stuck in this darkness. But it was when I, when I accepted Christ, it was like I was in this dark room, and then all of a sudden they turned the lights on. And I could see. And there was light. And with the light, there was joy. And with joy, it's, it's, I started to dream again. I, I was alive. See, Jesus made me come alive. That's the one thing I, was, I needed is, 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 is for this power that was, this hope that was way bigger than my poverty. Because when the lights came on, the lights came on. So for, for those of us sitting in this room, how, how would you challenge someone who maybe is considering sponsoring a child today? Yeah, and you guys have an amazing opportunity. And, you know, looking at Ray Obama, and I love, I love the compassion, you know, that there's a church in the middle of this community that you guys get to sponsor kids in. What you don't realize is that church stands as a light in sometimes the darkest areas. It's a light. In, and then what happens is you get all these kids who get to go to this church. And they get their light turned on. And these little kids get to take these lights to their homes. Because that's what happens of our compassion. Is when I found out, I, I, I found out about Jesus and I knew Jesus, I wanted to take Jesus everywhere I went. And the first place I took Jesus was home. And I remember one of the best experiences for me when, was when I sat down with my brother and I told him, I went into this church and I found this Jesus and I found, I think I found what we've been looking for. And so I asked him, brother, will you follow me as I follow Christ? And he said yes. And we said a prayer. And I led him to Christ. But it's, you get, these kids get the opportunity to hear about Jesus. And the good news about Jesus. And I mean, you cannot keep this light hidden. You cannot keep this good news to yourself. And so you want to go and share it out to everybody that you meet. That's my story. Because the most beautiful thing is I can never share my story 
without talking about him. And I love that compassion helped rewrite my story in Jesus' name. And so, Ashley, one of the kids, I'm, I'm excited to see her story, what God, how God writes her story, because the world may have written her off, but God hasn't written her off. Because today, Ashley is going to get a sponsor. One of you guys is going to sponsor Ashley. And Ashley's story will not read, born poor, live poor, die poor. Ashley's story will be rewritten. She'll get to have a testimony of what God has done in her life through Christ Jesus. And about 10 years ago, I, I got married to the love of my life, the most beautiful woman in the whole world, my wife, Crystal. And that was beautiful. And also on the biggest day, this guy who saw my picture on a packet. And so this kid named Owen, and he's like, oh, this kid named Owen. I'm Owen. I'm going to sponsor this kid. So I got sponsored through Compassion. And on our biggest day, my sponsor, Owen, was the best man in our wedding. And it's the story of compassion. You know, it, it seems very simple. Sponsoring one child, what would, will sponsoring one child do? But it's the repo effect that comes from sponsoring one child. Because 20 years ago, you guys would have been uncomfortable with me standing in front of you because I was poor and it showed it. But then someone gave me a chance, sponsor me through compassion. My story was rewritten in Jesus' name. And look what the Lord can do. The next picture there is a picture of me and Joseph, one of our sponsored kids. And uh, we sponsor three kids through compassion. So we have three boys. Me and my wife have three boys of our own. And then we get to sponsor three kids through compassion. And I mean, I can tell you from being a sponsored child to being a sponsor, it is way more blessed to be a sponsor than to be a sponsored child. Because you get to live, like you get the front row seat to see God work in this kid's children's lives. I get to see Joseph from the first time that I sponsored him, he, he looked sad. He didn't have that smile on his face. And I get to write him letters and I get to see his smile broaden. And I get the front row seat to see his life changed in Jesus' name. For me, sponsoring a child, the $38 a month that we spend, it's the best $38 a month that I ever spent. And about four months ago, uh, you know, God opened this door for me to start working with compassion as, guess what, an accountant. <laughs> God brought it full circle. And, and now I can wear the hat of a CPA. I, and, and for me, 
you know, just being sponsored, being a sponsor, and now working for Compassion, and getting to see their books and their finances, and seeing how good stewards they are with the money. I love Compassion because of their financial integrity. By the numbers, they do what they say they do. The money actually goes to helping those kids. I am proof. And so that's why, that's one of the reasons I love compassion and what they do is that they're good stewards of the money. But actually the work that they do works. And so I want to encourage you today. Don't leave without going to the table, looking at these kids. Your church has an amazing opportunity to be a light in Riobama, to bring Jesus to the whole of Riobama. I mean, how beautiful is that story that's going to be written? That, you know, first, Hajj first Naz went into Riobama, and as a result of Riobama, as a result of that, there's so many people got to know Jesus. How beautiful is that? Because that's the story of compassion. As you give Jesus to these kids, this Jesus take, these kids take Jesus to the rest of the world. Because it's my story. Compassion changed my story. I was in turn able to go back, take my whole family from poverty in Jesus' name. But the most beautiful thing is that I had nothing to give as a child until compassion gave me Jesus and from the time they gave me Jesus everywhere I go I have to tell them of the good news of Jesus I have to tell them about this God that is way more powerful than anything they're ever going through how beautiful is that and so yeah Pass by, take a packet. The only thing you have to do is just fill out this last flap and turn it into one of the compassion people. I'm excited for Ashley and all the stories that are going to be rewritten from today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank Owen for sharing with us this morning. Whew, that's amazing. Uh, we have a video that we want to show you that the, the churches in Rio Bamba have put together just for us. And you'll notice at the end, the signs the kids are holding have our church on them. And, and I just want to show you kind of what the project looks like from their side. Un saludo cordial a cada uno de ustedes. Soy el pastor Mario Paredes, Superintendente del Distrito Ecuador Sierra Centro en la Iglesia del Nazareno. Establecimos esta relación con Compasión Internacional para fortalecer iglesias pequeñas o que a su vez estuvieron cerradas con y a través de los niños. Como iglesia, hemos desarrollado la estrategia Iglesia de Niños como un medio para reactivar y dar vida a seis iglesias de diferentes lugares de nuestra provincia, donde los 735 niños 
niñas y adolescentes, son discipulados de manera integral y a través de ellos sus familias vienen a los pies de Cristo y las comunidades son transformadas por el poder del Evangelio. Gracias a Dios, la relación con Compasión Internacional ha sido relevante para alcanzar un impacto significativo en estas comunidades. Su apoyo es trascendental para lograr metas palpables en el engrandecimiento del reino de Dios. Muchísimas gracias a la iglesia Hachsfir Nazaret por su interés en apoyar la misión de Dios en nuestro país. Su apoyo aligera la carga de los niños y las familias pobres de estos sectores y trae esperanzas y oportunidades a aquellos que no las tienen. Con su apoyo, seguiremos llevando el propósito de Dios a aquellos que más nos necesitan, porque su inversión es una gran bendición para cada una de nuestras vidas. Dios los bendiga grandemente. And that's who we'll be working with. That, that, those are the churches that we will be working with and, and hopefully taking mission trips and, and having the opportunity to meet some of the kids that we sponsor. That'll be a great, great thing. This isn't, this isn't one of those things where we're trying to guilt, guilt each other into to going, to the, going to sign up to sponsor kids. This is just an opportunity for us to show the love of Jesus in an amazing way. This is the child that, that my family sponsors. And it says on here that she had been waiting for more than 545 days for a sponsor. That waiting ended yesterday. On those cards out there on the table, most of them have that delay on there. Let's be the church. Let's be the kind of church that says today, today is the day that that waiting stops. And we want to see what Jesus can do in your life. Uh, you'll see, find tables at both, in both foyers. Uh, you can go, you can look through the, the pictures, look through the kids. And, and if you have to wait for just a minute, please don't go by them and just, just move on by. Just go by the tables, check them out in both foyers. If you haven't had a chance to go through the compassion experience in the gym, I'd encourage you to do that. They'll be here until 2. It's $38 a month is what it comes out to. But it is well worth it to see stories like Owen's happen in the lives of kids. I want to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray and we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you that you are at work in this world in ways that we would have never imagined. Thank you for what we have heard today. May it penetrate our hearts and cause us to live differently, to love others in Jesus' name. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great, great week.